0: Today's episode of The Lore You Know is sponsored by Visit Braxton County, West Virginia. You can check them out in the description below. Let me tell you a story. You're working on a film crew with some pretty amazing people. And you're currently in mid-investigation at a location that is known as the Heymond House a Queen Anne-style home that was built in the late 1800s. You have already interviewed the owners of the property and learned of some spine-chilling encounters that they've had, as well as people who've come to the property have had, such as witnessing a woman in white traversing the second story floor, shadow figures flitting from room to room, and footsteps seemingly emanating from invisible specters. All of this is racing through your mind as you move through the second floor with no equipment, because that's not allowed, except a night vision camera. You round the corner from one of the bedrooms that is known for heightened activity, and you're met with a skeleton just as tall as you are. Of course, you jump back startled, because what is that? And you hear a friendly chuckle that is belonging to none other than Mr. Les O'Dell. He has taken it upon himself to add a little extra spookiness to the evening and has done such a great job in that process. All right, that isn't just a story, that was actually something that happened to me when we were filming uh, a project for STM. But I can attest that the Heyman House is definitely worth your time for a couple reasons. One, it's beautiful, the architecture is amazing. And some of it is old enough that it's not made anymore, like you're just not going to find it anywhere else. Also, the stories that you're going to hear are worth preserving. You'll hear them with your own ears, tell them to other people, relay these stories so they don't get lost in time. You can do all of that in Braxton County, West Virginia. Welcome to The Lore You Know, a show where we chat with some amazing human beings who are storytellers, collectors, and folklorists as we discuss the history of inspiration behind and importance of recording and sharing regional tales. Today, I have an amazing guest. You may know her as Spookies on Instagram or Facebook, but this is Amanda Woomer. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for asking me to
1: be on. I'm super excited.
0: So you are the first female guest that we have on here. And Ooh. I thought that that was fitting because you've been doing such great work with uniting the uh, women of this community.
1: Well, thank you. I will I will wear it like a badge of honor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so before we get started talking about storytelling, um, can you let our viewers and listeners uh, know, what your connection is to the paranormal cryptid spooky community.
1: Sure. So my name's Amanda and I run the website Spook Eats um, that usually focuses on haunted restaurants, bars, and hotels. Since COVID kind of put a damper on that for the last year and a half. Um, I did reach out and branch out more into various haunted locations, working more so with women in the paranormal communities and things like that but I'm an author. I'm a paranormal investigator, paranormal researcher more so. I do the investigations, but I would much rather be researching these things. I'm an anthropologist. Um, yeah. And you <laughs> say, it's so funny how many anthropologists are like in the paranormal and the occult and everything. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much um, my connection to the paranormal um what got me interested in the paranormal um I had a paranormal encounter when I was a little girl and it was a very innocent curiosity for me I read books that were way beyond my years (laughs) um and then obviously various tv shows came out over the years and I would watch those um and then in 2015 my younger brother Jed passed away after a battle with pediatric cancer and that's what really kind of kick-started my passion in the paranormal and really wanting to bring it to the masses and make it accessible to your average everyday person. You don't have to be on TV to experience the paranormal or research the paranormal. You don't have to be a part of a, an investigation crew. Um, you can really do it on your own. And every town that you live in, every town that you visit has these haunted locations and these ghost stories. So um, I'm trying to create kind of like a roadmap of sorts with spooky of where people can go to um, f- have their own paranormal encounters and kind of come to their own conclusions about their questions that they might have about life, death, and what potentially could come next.
0: And you're based in New York, right?
1: Yep, so I'm in Buffalo, New York.
0: You were mentioned these books whenever you were younger. What are some of the those books that really kickstarted things for you?
1: I wish for the life of me that I remembered the title and I still had it. It was like a three- piece leather leather bound set from the dollar store okay that i i mean if you go to the dollar store nowadays it's like very like sunday school type of books i don't know how these got in it was it was a there was a ghosts one a cryptid's one and an aliens one and i was obsessed i read it over and over and over again to the point where the binding was breaking and stuff i wish i still had them i wish i remembered the titles it was probably just like a generic random like I don't know who sends their published books to the dollar store nothing against the dollar store but those three books were just so impactful to me um mm. and like I genuinely thought like the Loch Ness Monster was something I needed to be concerned about um right. Bigfoot was something that I really needed to like watch out for and and, and like sure an or the Bermuda Triangle was in there and I was like that's this a big one some, this is some serious stuff that I need to watch out for and obviously I've made it this far without that being an issue but I wish for the life of me people have asked me what are the books that you read as a kid I wish I still had them because I regret I'm sure when I was like an angsty teenager I threw them away or sold them at a garage sale thinking this was so stupid so I wish I remembered what they were they were black and like the pages had like gilded foil on them they were great so if anyone has them
0: reach out (laughs) I'm writing notes down now so I can try to find them for you like they
1: were from the dollar store search uh... eBay
0: I've got notes (laughs) we'll see if I can find them (laughs) oh man that yeah the Bermuda triangle that's one that I remember being fearful of and I've never once even been that way so
1: I have like anytime I'm like looking at my flights I'm like all right where are we flying are we we're gonna be okay all right we're okay
0: (laughs) we're good we'll make it to our destination just avoid that that whole area (laughs) <laughs> um when you were younger did you have any um people in your family that were storytellers uh, particularly strong female leaders in your family
1: my grandmother so my dad's mom she I say that she is my soulmate I I have a tattoo for her um she wait what is gets, that it What's
0: is a tattoo? wolf
1: it's really hard to see with my light on so oh I a- see She was obsessed with rubber stamps. And so this is actually Mm -hmm. a rubber stamp that she had. Um, She loved wolves. She loved rubber stamps. She was an eccentric woman. Um, But she was an extraordinarily gifted storyteller. She was actually part of a storyteller's guild here in Western New York, um, which I would go to their performances with her. And it was just captivating. I would be the only eight year old out in the audience, you know, watching these these people tell these these stories, these folklore and these fairy tales. And it was just absolutely fascinating. Um, so she um, really instilled in me a love for nature and that curiosity. And she was a writer. She was an artist. I mean, I, if I don't turn into her when I'm 70 years old, I did something wrong along the way. Um, But she was um, such a gifted storyteller. And really, uh, she would write down local legends and stuff of various hiking trails we would go to, um, in a book for us that we would keep. So I really credit her for kind of molding me into the little creature that I am today, just because she really, you know, encouraged us to be Curious and whimsical and just questioning everything and you know having that imagination. And the I do think that my ability to share stories and write them down really is traced directly back to her. I love her. She sounds
0: (laughs) amazing.
1: She's pretty she's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Explain those books that you were talking about. She like wrote down Yeah.
1: So I actually I'm gonna be not professional for a second and grab one. No, do it. <laughs> so these are just like these books that she would just write these stories down for us. Um, and like, I don't know how accurate some of them are. Like I, I, I wrote a book, The Haunted Atlas of Western New York, which works in some of our folklore um, from the area. And it does kind of match up with some of the stories that she told us. So I'm like, all right, so she wasn't totally making these things up. Um, And it was it always had to do with um, because we have such a rich um, indigenous native American history in this region, so a lot of those stories connected with that a ton of them had to do with um, various. um, Preserves nature preserves and the land Um, wolves obviously I mentioned before she was obsessed with wolves so all of her stories really incorporate that um yeah and it was just always. I took her word as like gospel truth. Yeah. So now that I'm older and I realize like what she, she was passing down these stories that were older than her. I don't know how she heard about them. Um, you know, she grew up um, going to Allegheny state park. That's one of our biggest state parks. Um, I think it's one of the biggest state parks in the country actually. Um, but there's a really rich um, native American history there and a lot of folklore around it. Um, and I'm assuming while she grew up there in the summers like that's where she just learned all of these stories about the great snake and the witch's walk and I just grew up being like oh yeah that's that's where that happened that's where that is not even thinking that other kids didn't grow up with grandparents that would do that like she didn't bake cookies with us she didn't do the usual grandma stuff it was usually pull on your hiking boots, we're going hiking and let me go tell you the story about this one particular tree over here. Um, and we just, we loved it. Um, it was so special. And I realized that more now in hindsight. Um, so I appreciated it as it was happening, but now that she's gone, I, you know, I wish that I had appreciated it more, um, which I think that's everyone's experiences once they lose an elder in their family.
0: Absolutely. I love that you have that still those books and not only just for the stories, but to have her writing, like to see her handwriting. That's something that I cherish from my grandparents as well. Yeah, Very, ah, it's a piece of them. Uh, So you mentioned this witch's walk. I want to know now, like immediately, what is that?
1: (laughs) So the witch's walk is an area in Allegheny state park um, that I think it's one of like the better well-known stories there. Um, but basically, it was an area of what's now the park, but it was an area of land that the local Seneca tribe would usually avoid because of supposed witch activity. Um, you know, there were things like changelings that were spotted there. And these aren't the European changelings where it's, you know, a child taken by the fairies and then replaced with one of their own. Changelings were more so human and animal hybrid. So like you would see a person with you know, deer antlers or a foxtail. Um, And those were usually witches or shamans in the process of transforming. Um, And they were usually, you know, scary and and doom and gloom sort of thing. Um, So this was an area where these things were spotted and these witch balls would be seen, Um, just these huge balls of light that people would see. And people still report seeing them even today, which I always find very interesting when you have the legends kind of corresponding with Yes, 21st century claims. Um, I always think that gives you a little bit more credibility. Um, instead mm-hmm. of just like, oh, I'm drunk when I'm camping and I see some lights <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, but um, so basically this whole area was supposedly where witches were. And today people report hearing um, drums as they are climbing up this particular hill, um, which is part of the witches walk. Supposedly there's Confederate treasure buried up there. I don't know. Um, But it's just this cool little area that it's almost like a paranormal dare. If you're brave enough to go there at night, you might see the witch balls of the witch walk. Um, So it's it's I always like it when the really, really old stories of hundreds and hundreds of years ago that have been passed down correspond with what people are experiencing, whether or not they even know the history of the area or especially the folklore of the area.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. The witch balls, when you see those, are, are they something that you're supposed to avoid? Do they seem to have some intelligence behind them? Like I'm thinking of spook lights in general.
1: So yeah, like, cause I always thought like, what's well, kind of like, like will-o'-the-wisps or something yeah. where it, I've heard conflicting stories, which drives me crazy. Cause some say that it's like a harbinger of like death and doom. Don't follow them. But then yeah. other times they've been treated like, oh, well, if you're lost and you follow these lights, they'll lead you to safety. And I'm like, those are two extraordinarily conflicting tales. (laughs) Like you can't be further from like, which one is it? So I don't, I don't know which one it is. The first time I heard about it, it was more of like a stay away. Like they'll lead you into your death. So that's the one that I choose to believe more. So just because that's what I heard first. Um, right. whether or not that's a wise decision on my part, I don't know. Maybe I just like, am the really depressing type pessimistic, <laughs> go, go for the death and destruction <laughs> over the happy rescue. So, yeah. but, um, it's so conflicting, which drives me crazy. I would like some consistency with this tale.
0: Yeah. If you were out and saw one, would you follow it then? Or would you be cautious?
1: I, I don't know. I, I think, cause I, I've, I've been forced to really look at my, Paranormal adventures lately (laughs) because I have a baby now. I have a son now. So I feel like before I had a kid, I would have been like, let's go, let's go see what this is. But now I have a tiny human that's depending on me to not do that.
0: Disappear. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So I feel like now I'm definitely more cautious with all of my shenanigans, we'll just say. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think now I probably would try to like snap some pictures from afar but then respectfully back away um, instead of charging after it to see what it could potentially be.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Before becoming a mother, you did a lot of traveling. You were saying, Uh, obviously, even before COVID, of course, that shut everything down. But didn't you travel around the world?
1: So I lived for a few years in China. Um, That's where I met my husband, who's from Minnesota, not China. People always think that I met him in China because he's Chinese. Um, nope, we just had to go to China to meet each other. Um, I've lived in Russia. I lived in Mongolia, studied abroad a bunch. Um, so I really um, you know, traveled a bunch, especially in my college years. Um, and then after my brother got sick, that's when we decided that we needed to you know, come back to the States to be closer to their family. I was definitely struggling um, being away um, so yeah it was you know i i miss traveling as much as i used to i'm hoping eventually things kind of settle a bit where it's safe yes. to start traveling again um just because i miss it so much it's such a part of who i am um right. that i'm hoping that not just you know for spooky but just for my heart and my soul to be able mm-hmm. to get back out there and just see new sights, meet new people um, and experience, you know, so much that the world has to offer. So, I do. I miss it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, the when you were traveling around, did you collect stories or try to see if you could find comparisons to home?
1: So it was very interesting, especially in China. I um, got very, very close with all of my students. I taught in college, so mm-hmm. the students spoke English. You could actually have a friendship with them. And it was so interesting because especially around Halloween time, of course, I would just bombard these poor students with the (laughs) American greatest (laughs) holiday of all time. Um, Yes. And it was so interesting to see their reaction to things like ghosts and ghost stories, because especially in Asia, um, ghosts are demons. that's just that's the, there's no such thing as casper the friendly ghost what is going on um you know ghosts are evil they're demonic they're they're out to get you um so it was a very interesting comparison to be like you know well we have in you know western culture you have the friendly ghosts but then you also do have the more negative you know ghosts and then if you ask certain people on tv that everything's a demon um but, <laughs> I don't know who that
0: is. That's weird. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Um, But it was, it was so interesting to sit down and be able to talk with the students and hear their stories. And, you know, I would have them create their own ghost stories. And many times they were very similar where it always included like a mirror, which I hate mirrors. If people have heard me talk before, I hate mirrors. So it was so interesting to see that. A lot of the ghost stories have to do with mirrors. Um, clocks are another thing that you never want to give a clock as a gift because really? that means that your, your time is up. Um, so wow. yeah, I was, I was glad that somebody told me that so I would never do something like that. Um, yeah. white, white flowers are another thing. You never want to give someone white flowers because those are funeral flowers. Um, hmm. So it was just so interesting to see the differences I don't think there were really any similarities between American superstitions versus the Chinese. Um, Mm -hmm. So I loved it. I loved being able to just sit down with my students and talk and get to know them. Um, That was my best experience getting to know the folklore and just the superstitions of another culture. Um, You know, I didn't really have a chance to do that in Russia. I didn't have a chance to do that in Mongolia, Um, but my few years in China, I really got to kind of like sink my teeth into it. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I ate it up.
0: That's awesome. You mentioned mirrors and, um, today I made sure that I wore the blue <laughs> You
1: say, I like the honey.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, the haunted mirror selfie club, right? Yes. Um, what is, what is it about mirror lore that disturbs you so much?
1: I just, ever since I was a little girl, I, have been freaked out by them. I don't know if it was, you know, the game Bloody Mary. I don't know if that's what it was from birthday parties growing up, or if it was just the, I don't know what it is. It drives my husband crazy. We have one mirror in the house. It's in the bathroom. I don't understand people who have mirrors in their bedrooms. It freaks me out. <laughs> um, I had I had a, a freaky encounter Um, A couple years ago, which just kind of like solidified my hatred for mirrors. So every time I do take a haunted mirror selfie for the ghoul guide, it's out of love
0: Uh because I I
1: hate it so much. Um, But yeah, I don't know what it is. I kind of want to do more research into the legends and lore behind mirrors just to figure out, is it a subconscious? Like, is there something more to it? Or am I just a weirdo that is freaked out by mirrors? So.
0: I mean, people talk about them being portals and stuff. Exactly. Have you you
1: been to Madison Seminary yet? No, but I, oh no, I have been to Madison. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause they've got a lot of the mirrors are covered there.
1: Yes. And when I was there, um, we heard tales of one of your encounters with her and the whole time, (laughs) time I I was just sitting there like, nope, nope, (laughs) nope, (laughs) nope.
0: Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I, that one, I mean, I, I would say that I remember that clearly, but I don't remember all of it, uh, which is part of the, the spooky part, I guess, but yeah, those mirrors are covered there. And, uh, then there's Appalachian lore of covering mirrors when someone dies.
1: Yes. I believe that's also in Judaism that you cover the mirrors when they die. Um, so the soul doesn't get trapped in the mirror, which I'm like, (laughs)
0: like exactly. (laughs) I don't want to chance it and in living or death.
1: Exactly, order. exactly. Like, I'm not taking that chance. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. They scare me. They freak me out. They, they're they unnerving. I don't like them. So people who like mirrors, y'all are freaks.
0: So you never did Bloody Mary then, even as a kid?
1: I did once. And I didn't even, we it was a whole group of us in my parents' bathroom. And we had the candle going and stuff. And I just... Like we got, like, I think we got it out twice. And before the third one, I was gone. I was like, you know what? This isn't worth it to me. I got nothing to prove. This is my birthday party. We're done. So I attempted it. I have never completed it. And now with like Candyman, like I'm not taking that chance. Absolutely not. This is stupid. (laughs) So that was at your birthday party? Yeah, I was probably like my 10th or 11th birthday party. We did like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, I was just going to ask what else you did. Oh, yeah all of it. <laughs> except <Yeah. Bloody> Mary. <laughs> what do you think it
0: is about um, young girls that are like, they just like, I don't know, they're attracted to this kind of stuff. I remember it's, doing the same thing.
1: Absolutely. I've never, I have not met a single woman that didn't do light as a feather, stiff as a board, baby blue, bloody Mary. I think we're all yeah. just freaks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And it's so funny because like it, whenever it was a birthday party and someone would suggest that we'd be like okay yeah and everyone would do it it didn't matter if you were like the jock the nerd the popular girl like everyone would do it so mm-hmm. I don't know I like to I mean I personally do think that women are very closely connected with the metaphysical the paranormal the occult whatever you want to call it so right. I don't know if that's just like something buried deep inside of all of us where there is, there is that desire to connect with it, um, that maybe as we get older, some of us forget it or we bury it deep inside of us, um, whereas others fully embrace it and totally run with it. Um, I don't know, That's that's personally what I think is that it is this connection that women tend to have with the other side, quote unquote. And those are simple ways to brush against it and maybe potentially like, you know, like peek around the veil to see the other side, um, you know, in the form of a game, um, that, right. you know, you play at parties and then, you know, let oh, that's scary, turn the lights on let's, you know, finish watching the movie with our popcorn. Um, you know, <laughs> it helps us practice being scared, um, you know, and coping with that fear. So I don't know, or we're all just, we're freaks. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Do, you, do you have the book, uh, dangerous games to play in the dark? no I don't all right you should look it up I can't remember the author right now but it's little little black book and the edges of the pages are red which is what I mean I was already interested but when I saw the edges were red I'm like okay I'm ordering now yeah Yeah. but it's got a bunch of those games like uh Bloody Mary and Baby Blue and all of that um and it has a little snippet of the history first oh cool and then a step-by-step guide on how to do it (laughs) what could go wrong right exactly so um yeah so check that one out
1: that was that's for good. sure I, that
0: sounds awesome yeah and then um someday when we have a sleepover we can do that
1: exactly we'll <laughs> my dream is to have a feminine macabre women's retreat where it's like spooky slumber yes. party while we're investigating this haunted place that's my fingers crossed someday that I would want be amazing
0: it. where would you uh-huh. want the first one to take place
1: so my dream would be um the crescent hotel that's like one of my dream locations to go to but i would settle for literally like a best western (laughs) we'll just bring the spirits to us (laughs) exactly exactly so but i i mean i have like a list I so many dreams i want to do a conference that's the feminine macabre conference because i'm so sick of seeing events where it's 99.99 percent straight white men doing mm-hmm. these talks. And I'm like, where are the ladies? Like, I know they're in the paranormal somewhere. So Yeah. All
0: over actually yeah. a lot so, more than you'd think.
1: Yes. So that's one of my dreams. One of many dreams I have. So someday.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll be there for <laughs> that. That sounds amazing. Yes. Um. So speaking as a woman in this field, if there was a young girl getting ready to start just 18, fresh out of high school, getting ready to get into this field in general. Do you have any advice as a woman specifically, not even talking about mother, cause that's coming next Oh gosh, as a, as a woman, any advice that you would give her?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, firstly, and I know I feel like it's the answer that everyone gives whenever they are asked this question, but it's just do it. Don't stop and think about it. Don't question. Don't feel like you're... An imposter or anything. Um, you know, I feel like this whole world is so vast and always changing and always evolving. We need as many perspectives as possible. So we need your perspective, we need your take on this. Um, my other thing I would say is look to your fellow women in this field. Um, there are a lot of us. Despite what television and these, you know, conventions might try to feed you, we're everywhere, and I feel like we're working so hard. I don't want to necessarily say harder than the men, um, because I do not want to belittle the work that the men are doing, but I feel like we have to work even harder just to be noticed and acknowledged. you know, the women are working with so much integrity, such hard work, they're researching and they're they're pushing the boundaries. And again, you know, you're going to have the feeling of competition wherever you go, no matter what field you're in. But I really feel like when you can find the women that view this as a community, as opposed to a competition, they will help you grow. Um, They will do what they can to encourage you and support you. Um, So really don't hesitate in, you know, taking the leap into the unknown. Um, And then while you're floating in the sea of the strange and unusual, you know, look for your fellow women because we're here and we want to see you succeed and want to see what you're uncovering and what you're finding and what you're discovering. Um, So that would be, that's cheating. I gave two things, but that's my, that's
0: great. no. (laughs) So, uh, I'm going to turn that question now to, uh, as a new mother oh, in the field, what, um, you know, what would be your suggestion for a woman who's expecting a child? Like what, what can you gear up for when it comes to, the, <laughs> to this field?
1: You know, I, I, I struggle with that because I feel like I'm so new to it. You know, my little guy just turned a year back in August. So I'm still, I am in the trenches. Um,
0: (laughs) Yes, you are.
1: um, And I feel like I'm still trying to navigate, you know, working and being a mama and, you know, being able to write my books and go on investigations. Um, You know, so my advice that I would give is, be patient with yourself and be gentle with yourself. Um, Don't feel like if you're a content creator or a writer or an influencer that you have to go, 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 go constantly. Because I see women that are creating content and doing events and they're at home and they are just spread so thin that you're dreading the moment that they break. Um, You know, be gentle with yourself. And if you need to take a break, take a break, rest. Um, I, what I've been told from other people in the community, because I've expressed this myself where I feel like Spook Eats was really just starting to go. Um, you know, I was doing events, I was doing book signings, I was doing conventions. And then I got pregnant and then COVID happened. Yep. Um, and it really slammed the brakes on everything. And I remember several people um, were extraordinarily encouraging, saying that we will be here when you're ready. Um, You know, there's no rush, take your time. And the paranormal will always be around. And we, as the community that you're a part of, we look forward to the day that you're able to really, you know, fully jump back in. But if that's a couple of months from now or a couple of years from now, fine. Um, And that was very helpful for me, knowing that just because I wasn't at these conventions or constantly posting blogs or making videos, that that was okay. that the people that really mattered still stuck around. They're still sticking around, Um, you know, and I look forward to what the future brings. Um, But right now, you know, I have slowed down a bit and I think we need to be okay with slowing down and asking for help when we need it and being patient. Um, you know, I, I'm struggling with it very, very much right now um, where I'm like, you know, I need to create, I need to do these things. I need to have a presence online. Um, but then I turn and I look at my, my, my son and I think, you know what? This is, this is way better. Um, yeah. So I'm struggling with it. I go back and forth. It's like whiplash, you know, every day struggling with creating content and keeping that presence, but then also being present for my kid. Um, So I wish I had, you know, the golden nugget of advice, but because I'm trying to figure it out too, I don't really know other than just be gentle with yourself and and take your time. There's no rush. There's no need to constantly be creating and doing. Um, And those that are doing that, with a little one creating and influencing. Uh my hat off to you. I don't know how you do it. Um that's a am- bravo. It's amazing because I have not been able to figure that out and I don't think I will and that's okay. So yeah.
0: No, I think that's great advice and just having it out there, just saying it so that other women can hear it because it's something yeah. that we don't talk about very often that yeah. it's okay to slow down and not run yourself ragged because you will yes. break eventually if you don't
1: absolutely
0: yeah and that's not that's not any good
1: <laughs> no we uh, don't want <laughs> <have> that
0: <laughs> no not at all <laughs> no um, <laughs> so i know that you've written a lot of books but i found out about you through the singular 14 society group on facebook when the first call went out for the first volume of the feminine macabre so I want to know what was your inspiration behind even creating this like what was that initial thought
1: oh gosh um so it went back probably early 2020 um i was doing a show over on paranormal buzz radio and we were talking about women in the paranormal but mm-hmm. like historically speaking so Catherine crow eleanor sidgwick a little bit of lorraine warren just to keep things spicy because people are opinionated <laughs> yeah um, and I found that aside from Lorraine Warren, nobody had any idea who I was talking about. Um, and I'm convinced, nobody can convince me otherwise, that the only reason why people know who Lorraine Warren is is because of the Conjuring movies. Um, so it got me thinking um, why is this? You know, women have been part of the paranormal as we know it today since the beginning. Um, you know, Catherine Crow was really the first paranormal investigator, again, as we know it today so why is it that whenever we think of paranormal investigators we always think of men you know even in 2021 like we mentioned with various tv shows and conventions it's the sausage fest up in here it's all men um and usually usually if there is a woman she's always paired with a man um whether it's tv or conventions um and so that, again, like my wheels are turning in my brain and I'm just questioning, you know, why, why is this? You know, mm-hmm. I host pub, uh, public ghost hunts. I go on various public ghost hunts. And usually there are more women than men at these events. And usually mm-hmm. the guys that are there seem to be like that they, they were dragged there against their way. like They're not <laughs> yeah. interested in it. Um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, at these events, there's women, there's more women than men you know personally i know more female paranormal investigators than i do male paranormal investigators so it just got me thinking you know it's at least a 50 50 split if not more um so why is it that the mainstream media is not highlighting the fact that there are just as many women working in the paranormal field as there are men um so that's really then i started getting mad about it and annoyed (laughs) Um, because I knew that so many women are doing such amazing research and work and working with such integrity and so hard and it's not being acknowledged Mm -hmm. um so that's why I wanted to start the feminine macabre so I just put out that call for submissions fearing that I would have to be like 30 different women just to get it going (laughs) that you were gonna have to write them all (laughs) (laughs) I was so scared um that's not the case obviously um And I mean, the first volume, we got over a hundred submissions. Yeah. Um, this one. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. Um, so, and it just kind of, it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, the second one came out and it was obnoxious. It's even longer. I had to cut it. That one, that one. Oh, wow, yeah, you're so prepared. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and now we've got submissions open for volume three. So my hope is to continue it twice a year. Um, I've tweaked it a little bit where I think I want to do the, um, the spring equinox and the vernal equinox, like, like those time periods we'll see again, I've got a little one at home, so it's always fun trying to get everything done on a deadline. Um, but yeah, and it's become this, this journal that highlights the work of female and non-binary paranormal investigators, researchers witches, occultists, people who are interested in folklore and dark history, tarot readers. I basically say if it's something that your mom tells you not to talk about at Thanksgiving, we, that's what we want. (laughs) Um, So, and it's been, it's been so amazing to see this little community kind of come together where, you know, some, some women have been in both volume one and volume two, some have just been in, you know, one or, you know, either or. And, There's been so much support, whether someone is highlighted in the journal or not, Um, you know, just seeing the women connecting with each other online and then investigating with each other or sharing posts. It's the coolest thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, it's a community. It's not a competition. And I feel like there's always this stereotype, especially among women, where it's like women are catty. There's that cat fight, um, conniving, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to see you know, her succeed when I don't. Um, Right. So it's been nice to kind of prove that wrong um, Mm -hmm. and just see this little family come together of the feminine macabre. So I'm hoping to be able to continue it for, you know, years to come, just because I love what it's created within the paranormal as a whole. It's this little subculture in a way um, where women can share the work that they're doing, which is, you know, much deserved. Um, yeah. You know, I, I say like, it's not, it, it's not giving voice to women because women already have their voices. They found them. It's just a megaphone to make it a little louder. So everyone else can hear about it.
0: Yeah. I think anybody that's been paying attention can see all those connections that have been made. I've made friends just from uh, the first issue. Cause in, just when you paired us up for the Facebook live, where we yeah. interviewed uh, Kirstie and I are friends. Like we talked often now. And we just happen to be on the same show. Uh, So so that's really cool. One thing that I did not understand as a writer and someone who's done editing is how in the world you got that first volume out on that deadline that you gave yourself um, because that seemed impossible. Like it was just a couple weeks really by the time the deadline ended to when you were like, okay, it's out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, looking back, I'm like, how the <laughs> heck did I that don't happen? Know. <laughs> Luckily, I whenever submissions came in, I read them right away. We're like, now I'm not like, it's piling up on me because I'm working on a book right now for before Christmas. So I'm like, ah, it's fine. I'm going to regret this eventually. Um, But but not today. (laughs) Not today. But that's exactly what I just like kept up on everything. I was like, ooh, that one's good. I'm going to put it in. That one's good. And I was editing it and formatting it as pieces were coming in. So it was really almost ready to go by Mm -hmm. the time people sent things in. Of course, everyone waits for the last minute. And the last, that. <laughs> that was about yeah. half of the people. They were like the last like 36 hours. I got like 40 submissions and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, but um, that's why I'm giving myself a little bit more time in the future. Just because that first one was, it was a doozy. I think Mr. Spooky's helped out a lot with the baby and I had a lot of caffeine yeah. in my system. That's all I can think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was probably a blur at this point. Just a blur. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A glorious blur.
0: <laughs> yeah. You did a great job. Uh, So before we give everybody your info on where they can find you, I wanted to ask you to tell me a story. So let me set up a scenario. Oh gosh. All right. We are with your grandmother out hiking and we pass, pass a hill, some awesome looking trees. Uh, We're on this beautiful path. It's autumn. And she sees something that sparks a story. What is that story? Can you tell me?
1: Oh, oh gosh. So long ago, so long ago that nobody truly remembers, there was a young Seneca woman who lived on these lands. She was the daughter of a chief, the most beautiful daughter that he's ever had. And she was betrothed to a young warrior they were married they had a child and while she was great with child that's what my grandmother would always say great with child (laughs) she went out to forage for some mushrooms and it was late autumn just like today And while she was here in these very woods, the snows arrived much earlier than they were supposed to. And as the wind blew and the snow fell, she found shelter under a tree, that tree right over there. And as she huddled, trying to cover her large belly that had her son in there, a pair of wolves came, gotta have wolves, a black wolf and a white wolf. And they came and they saw that this woman was pure of heart and they knew that only they could help her. So as the snow fell and the wind blew, they crawled underneath that tree with her and covered her with their soft, warm fur. As dawn approached, the young warrior and the chief and the entire tribe went out searching for for the woman. And as they found her, she was safe and sound with not a wolf in sight. When they asked her how she had survived, she didn't know. Now, today, these lands look very different, but they say, that if you are walking through these woods, and if you're pure of heart, you might see something from the corner of your eye. It could be a black flash. It could be a white flash, but just know that it's the spirit of the wolves still watching out for women who are great with child and for those who are pure of heart as they walk through these woods past that tree.
0: (laughs) I love it. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Thank you so oh, much. You. <laughs> <sighs> oh man. Um, well tell all of our listeners and viewers where we can find you and about your projects and all that fun stuff.
1: Sure. So my website is spookeats.com. And all across social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's all just at Spook Eats, nice and easy. Um, the Feminine Macabre also has its own Instagram. Um, so it's just at the Feminine Macabre. And um, I really want to encourage anyone who's watching, if you identify as um, female, whether that's trans or cis um, or non-binary, and you want to be a part of the Feminine Macabre, you are more than welcome. Um, submissions are open past the new year um, and, um, uh, the submission website is if you just go to spookies.com feminine macabre. Um, all the information is right there. Um, yeah, and I really want to encourage anyone, it doesn't matter if you're a paranormal investigator, or if you've been published before, or if you've ever written anything. Um, I really want to encourage anyone who just feels inspired to want to be a part of the project, go to the website, look at the guidelines, see if you know you have something that lines up with that we would love to include you in our little Cult slash coven slash family. I don't
0: know. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so
1: much. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Man. Um all right.
0: So if any of you have any suggestions on people that I should talk to or any questions at all, you can email me at heather at smalltownmonsters.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, become a channel member at Small Town Monsters so that you can see all kinds of STM footage early, 4K. Um, and then behind the scenes stuff, which is always fun because we're hilarious. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> but modest uh,
0: too, <laughs> and so modest. Yes, <laughs> hilarious and modest. Uh yeah. So again, email me or write a comment below. That works as well. And until next time.